listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? Oh, look, man, I am coming in in hi-fi. Like this is, uh, what our listeners need to know is that we've apparently had some audio issues, the uh, audio engineering folks have been uh, hard at work trying to get this sorted. Uh, so if you think I've been loud and obnoxious up until now, you have not seen anything yet. Uh, the opportunities now for obnoxiousness are like endless. Yeah, yeah that's uh, we just lost every listener right there. <laughs> Bye, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, that, that's not at all what we're talking about today. But uh, I am glad that uh, the editors will be happier with the consistency and quality of your audio output. Yes, uh, quality being, um, you know, subjective. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, in any event, joining us today on the Coolering is Haley Haupt. Haley is the Director of Marketing at IQ Manufacturing. Welcome to the Coolering. Thank you guys for having me. Glad you could be with us. Yeah, hey, it's awesome to have you on the show. Excited to be here. Tell our listeners about you and IQ a little bit, if you would. Sure. So um, I'm the Director of Marketing for a company called IQ Manufacturing. Um, we are based in Auburn Hills, Michigan. We are a job shop, so we manufacture components for the aerospace, automotive, uh, defense, and aerospace industries. And uh, we do some prototype work as well, so we're making some concept vehicles. Um, we specialize in high mix, low volume work, and I have been here for about three years doing the marketing. I do some purchasing, and I help in our quality department as well. So I have many roles, but it's fun, keeps the day changing, which I like because repetitive work is always a little boring to me. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a rapid fire introduction. So, okay. Which, uh, you know, for future guests, if you're listening, that is the way to do a quick introduction. Um, I guess what, what uh, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Uh, because often we have, um, you know, th this is like one of those shows where you have the hunted on the show. Um, because it's like, how many people have talked to uh, the Cooler Ring about um, challenges in recruiting new talent into manufacturing, um, making sure that your manufacturing organization is a, a attractive to new hires, and, and on and on. And, and I feel like this is kind of like a nice glimpse. It's like, okay, folks, we're going to actually like, let you talk to somebody who has chosen a career in, in manufacturing, is kind of leaning into it, and is um, you know, pretty young. And um, so I, I guess, uh, do you feel, Haley, like you're the only one? Like, I mean, everybody talks about manufacturing, like everybody is about five years from retirement if they're in manufacturing or something. Yeah, I do hear that a lot where they're like the industry is phasing out, which I understand where they're coming from with that. But I don't feel that I'm the only one. I feel like when I first joined here, there was like a small number of young people in the industry. And now I just feel like it's growing. There's so many people advocating for it and so many people uh, marketing for it. And at these trade shows that I meet all the time, and it's just amazing to see a group of people coming together and just wanting to push it forward so that we have people here in 20 years to run this industry. <laughs> Are you seeing that as a, you know, 
at the trade shows and things like that, it, is there a concerted effort to discuss this as a topic, or is it simply that you're you're noticing more and more people who are uh, you know millennials and Gen Z getting into the manufacturing space? I think it's a little bit of both. I have um, a friend actually who is in the industry, and his like uh, bio on LinkedIn says Gen Z advocate. So he's like speaking, going to schools and speaking to people in that generation and trying to like advocate for the industry and let them know what that is. Because at the time when we were growing up, we were never really shown this industry. So it wasn't really pushed towards us. And I feel like at shows, it's a little bit of both. I'm seeing a lot of young people, but I'm also seeing a lot of young people talking about bringing more of us here, which is really cool to see. Well, you mentioned that, um, you know, it really wasn't pushed in school and so I guess then, how did you end up being attracted to manufacturing? It was completely by accident. Um, during COVID, I worked for a community college doing clerical work. Um, and obviously, schools were one of the first things to shut down. Um, and I had some acquaintances in the industry who needed help. And I was like, I don't want to sit at home anymore. I'm a busybody. I have to keep moving. Um, so I went and helped them with some stuff. And then I was there for a year and I didn't feel like there was much room for growth at that company. So then I started looking and I was like, I want to stay in manufacturing. I really like this industry. I like learning about it. And I found IQ and I've been here ever since. Did you have any family connectivity to manufacturing? Uh, yes. I, the family that I have, like, there's a few people who had worked in the industry that I remember I would go to their shop when I was younger and I wasn't allowed past the door because it was dirty and messy and stuff like that. Um, so I had like a little bit of a connection. I just didn't know about like a lot about it at all until I got here. What do you think manufacturers need to know about attracting younger, younger employees and, uh, and younger talent? I think just being open to the idea is something that needs to be there because I feel like a lot of people in this industry are afraid to look for that type of talent or look for that age group um, because they know it's not pushed at the school level. Um, when I was in high school, that wasn't even an option that was given to me. And granted, I went to a small school, so maybe that hindered me a little bit. But um, it, I, to, for me, I feel like it wasn't pushed. And I feel like that really like put us at a place where we couldn't like progress and employers weren't looking for that age group of people. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, at IQ, the team that you're a part of is, is also you've, uh, you told us in the, in the pre-show conversation that, you know, they're a fairly young organization, fairly young group that you're working within. Mm -hmm. Clearly they, they have been able to, you know, obviously the pandemic has a, some outside factors to it, but, uh, you know, clearly they've been able to attract, um, some fresh blood into their industry. What do you, what do you think they're doing right there? Um, that has triggered that kind of a, a response. Yeah. So, um, here at IQ, there is quite a few of younger individuals. Our owners are 45 and our shop foreman's 26. Um, so we've, we've got a young group of people here, but we, in 2019 or 2020, um, enrolled for an apprenticeship program at one of the, uh, community colleges over here. So we're grabbing that young talent, uh, from the schools. And what we do is we bring them in here and they learn, they earn while they're learning. So they're here working with us a certain amount of hours every week, and then they're at school and we pay for the whole thing. 
Um, and we are able to pull students from that program who are there learning on the machines and getting that experience hands-on at school, but also here as well. So it's benefiting them. So I think that's something that um, is good for us. And I know apprenticeship programs were really big years and years ago, and I'm really glad to see it, like companies enrolling in those types of things to bring people back in. I want to assume the, the, the relatively young, you know, I'm, I'm 48, so I have a lot of vested interest in making 45 sound very, very young. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, but I, I would think the relatively young leadership would be part of the draw as well. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, I, will, I will say when I first started, I didn't think they were 45. I thought they were much younger. So <laughs> um, they, they definitely do help. Um, having the same kind of like mindset and being close in age really helps all of us work together, um, which really benefits the team on the floor. It helps us with our workflow and the processes we have in place. So it really helps a lot. What do you think... What have you found, I guess, to be some of the challenges of being a, a, a young person in this industry? I think that we, being a young person in this industry, I think we get a lot of people that don't credit us enough. I think when we come into this industry, they think that we're just these young people who don't know anything and they have a lot of years on us. So they think they know more and they might know more. They've been here longer. That's true. But they just treat us very like in a demeaning way, if that makes sense. It's very derogatory comments about how we don't know certain things. And especially being a, a young girl in the field, um, people will always, always be like, oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. And granted, I don't know everything. And there's not a time where I'm going to know everything in this field because everything's changing. But I try my hardest to learn and know what I'm talking about. And when people discredit that, it's just very discouraging. Man, that... Um when you said that, you made it sound like that happens very often. And, but up until that point, it didn't sound as though you were at all, like it didn't kind of dampen your enthusiasm for the sector at all. Um, I guess, how do you, how do you cope with that? How do you deal with it? How do you navigate that? So it, it can be discouraging. It definitely isn't going to push me away from the field. I'm the type of person that when someone tries to doubt me and my skill sets, I, I want to prove them wrong immediately. Um, I feel like you have to have some tough skin in order to deal with those types of comments. Um, sometimes it hurts, but a lot of times I will just like give them back what they're like giving to me. Um, so it's, getting through that is easy for me because I have a team around me who supports me. And pushes me forward, which helps a lot. Um, but yeah, it does happen often. I'm heavily active on LinkedIn and there's people in the comment section all the time saying stuff like, you don't belong here or you don't know what you're talking about or they're constantly trying to test things like, oh, what is that? Like trying to see if I can answer quickly. Um, so it's definitely, it can it can be hurtful, but I just push it aside and keep going because I, I like being here and I like learning this stuff and I'm not going to let it push me down. You had a recent post on LinkedIn that received some really strange and oxymoronic feedback. <laughs> Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So I made a comment. So I do the material purchasing and I needed some material um, in a, like a steel tube and none of my regular vendors would quote it. So I was calling around to other places near me locally um, and no one would answer the phone or they don't work past two or they don't answer their emails. So I made a post about that on LinkedIn 
And uh, someone commented and was like, take it to Twitter. Sounds like Gen Zers meeting Gen Zers. And I just like, I sat back for a minute and I was like, I, every generation kind of has losers and go-getters. Like, this isn't a generational thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh boy, is that true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't understand the stereotype there, especially because like, there, I, I don't know, it just really caught me by surprise, but um, I have some LinkedIn followers who kind of like going back at him. Like, there's nothing wrong with her asking for like advice or putting this out there. She's not complaining. And then I said something that wasn't very nice back that I won't repeat. But um, uh, I just don't I don't understand that whole like ge- the generational thing where it's like this generation does this and this generation does that. It's like every just because I grew up in that ge- generation doesn't mean I'm like everybody here or vice versa. So it just I was taken back by that. So. I don't know. Some people just really like to make comments. And it's like, when I was growing up, my mom said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. (laughs) It's like, I don't, people don't follow that. (laughs) No, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) That is not social media at all. No, (laughs) no, that's another thing. People can hide behind the keyboard. They'll never say it to my face. No. So. Pretty hilarious when you consider that our generations and older are the ones that are constantly telling your generation that you'd never answer the phone and you're the one calling them out for not answering the phone. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And it's the sales prevention department. What are you doing? Right. Like, you know, you're you're like, this is a gimme putt. I want to send you some money and you send me some material, you know, can, can we do this? And it wasn't like I wanted to have a long conversation. I just wanted to get the sales rep so I could email them. Like, <laughs> and I can't even get that information. <laughs> uh, but yeah. These companies need better websites, obviously. Yeah. Coolapartners.com. That's K-U-L-A. <laughs> I don't know that the good websites are going to help them all that much. They won't answer a phone. No, it's true. Yeah. Can't cancel no demand. Haley, what has been their... Uh, what surprised you the most about this space? You must have had some preconceived notions coming in about what it was going to be like. and Yeah. Anything kind of, anything zig when you thought it would zag, as it were? I guess coming into it, I didn't think there would be as much growth as there is here. And I don't know if that's just the company that I work for, but um, I've learned, like cross-learned many departments in this, like, in this company itself, but it helps me learn the industry too. Cause I travel a lot for work. I go to a lot of trade shows. I'm meeting people constantly in new companies. And that's something that I didn't think was available here. I thought I'd just be sitting behind a computer eight hours a day doing the, the paperwork and whatnot. So being able to come in here and see that has really not only boosted my confidence, but has helped me as an individual, not just an employee. So I think that's something I didn't see coming, but I'm I'm glad it did. That's a really interesting point. I mean, I think a lot of folks would be well served to think about smaller organizations as being an interesting gateway to that kind of diversity of experience. And yeah. and frankly, I think manufacturing overall as a somewhat older uh, sector, that means that the retirements and whatnot are going to be happening fast and furious. So I think that um, both sides of it are uh, ripe with opportunity for... Uh, it's really served to benefit, you know, you when you accumulate that knowledge across departments as an opportunity within those smaller organizations, you know, that might open your eyes to something you didn't even think of doing. So, you know, having those, you know, more jack of all trades kind of uh, roles is, is not necessarily a bad thing, especially at the outset of your career. 
No, not at all. I never saw myself doing any type of purchasing career and here I am doing it. And I, I do like it. It's just something I never saw myself doing. It's interesting as we think about, uh, you know, people not even being exposed to manufacturing in school. Well, my goodness, the number of aspects of it. <laughs> like, you know, if you're not exposed to manufacturing, how much more are you not exposed to? How many kind of little nuances are there to it that you just don't even know exist? Like you say, you didn't consider a career in purchasing as an example. Right. There's so there's so many opportunities here, and I tell people that. But you're right about not like manufacturing. I didn't know a single thing about it before I got here, and it's like the the pens that I use every day are manufactured in facilities like the ones I work in. And it's like I didn't know that. I didn't think about that, and now I look at it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost a curse. Yeah, I'm like, how is that bottle made? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I've certainly found that since uh, you know our our foray into manufacturing is you know, almost a decade long here and, and everything you look at, you're just like, ah, I wonder how they made that or where that came from or, yeah. or whatever. Um, I want to explore a little bit around the kind of marketing and sales organization that you work within from the perspective of, you know, what do you feel like you and the others that you work with bring to the table that makes your perspective or offering unique? So with marketing specifically, I feel like the team that I work with here have a really creative eye, which I feel like is something that's not talked about much in manufacturing, even though we're making a lot of creative things out there on the floor. But in a sense of marketing, I feel like having someone who has like that graphic design background or that, um, even a photography type background, like I'm taking photos on the floor and videos on the floor and I'm able to use software to edit it and having that creative eye and knowing how to capture things and knowing how to talk about it and knowing how to um, market it in a certain way really helped. And I feel like that's something I also didn't see um, a need for when I first started in this industry. Interesting. So the, the, just the notion of, of being comfortable experimenting with, with making things and, and all of that is, I, I suppose it, it really is a bit of a, you know, it, it's not necessarily, it does transcend generations and it's not necessarily just something that young people do, but I think maybe you're more curious at that point in your career, like, well, you know, I can figure this out or I can learn that piece of software or, you know, I can shoot photos or, or what have you. And, and, being open to doing all of those different tasks gives you, uh, you know, again, a broader perspective on the organization and, and the possibilities. Yeah. And I feel like in today's digital like day and age, I feel like the kids growing up and even some of my like people my age as well are more apt to want to, like you said, you're, they're curious to learn how to do different things on like technology and computers. So I think that that was an upper hand for us. Yeah. I mean, you've all grown up with a photo editing and media production studio in your pocket too. So it's it's a lot different than uh, people who are older than me um, going into an industry. What do you think the, what are the prospects for you for growth and through the rest of your career? Like, do you have a, 
a trajectory that, that you have planned for yourself or is it more just kind of seeing what comes and, and learning as much as you can along the way? I don't know, Haley. That's a tough question. I don't know if I'd answer it if I were. <laughs> I was going to say I've never been asked that question. <laughs> um, I honestly, I just kind of go with the flow. Um, I haven't really thought about like the where I'm going to be like in five years. I hope I'm still in this industry. I really do enjoy being here. Um, I've been given a lot of opportunities and been been able to meet so many wonderful people. Um, so I really like being here, and it's given me. Um, confidence like speaking to people and meeting with new people and I really do enjoy that so I still I hope I'm in this space but I really am a go with the flow type person so if I can keep learning and just doing what I can do I'm just gonna keep riding that wave (laughs) that's an excellent answer and a great perspective and I realized as I was saying it that that could have been a career limiting answer um, based on the question and I didn't want to be responsible for that so thank you for taking it (laughs) in another direction (laughs) Hopefully my bosses didn't get that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think they would be quite uh, quite pleased to hear that. <laughs> I um, I spent the very early part of my career in politics, oddly, which you know, when you're a young person in your early 20s in politics, most of the people that you're hanging around with or working with are not <laughs> that age group. Um, or at least it's a, a, a mixed bag of perspectives. One of the things that I, so I found, you know, I, I didn't have the same experience as you in the manufacturing space, but I think there's still some parallels on that. You know, you know you're bringing a fresh perspective as a younger person in the space. Mm-hmm. But then at some point you also realize that you maybe had a blind spot or two that you weren't aware of when you started. Have you encountered any of those blind spots where you're like, ah, hmm, I, uh, I thought I knew that and I didn't? Um, I don't know, other than just how things were made. I don't know that I've really hit like a blind spot where I was like, I thought I knew that, but I didn't because I didn't know a single thing. I didn't know a single thing. I remember one of the first posts I ever made on LinkedIn, I, it was a video of a part and I said it was being drilled and it was not being drilled, it was being tapped. <laughs> so like that that terminology was like very important to learn but I don't I think just coming from my like standpoint where I didn't know anything I don't think I really hit a blind spot like that I was just kind of learning as I was going see I didn't know anything either but I was in politics so I acted like I did <laughs> yeah that would be the big difference between us Haley see you were more honest <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to get into that situation where like I act like I know what I'm talking about and then someone tries to test me and I'm like, uh, yeah, no, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so I kind of didn't do that. <laughs> oh, it sounds like you're, you know, your example of the LinkedIn post about, you know, trying to buy some material is an example of you kind of owning that perspective and just being honest about the situation. You know, yeah. it's not, uh, it's not about trying to put on airs or anything like that. Right. <laughs> Haley, let's uh, let's wrap up this episode with a bit of uh, advice. So you're 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 going to uh, give yourself advice like three or four years ago or something. So imagine you're talking to your uh, three or four years ago, uh, Haley. What advice are you giving yourself? I think the biggest piece of advice I'd give myself is step outside your comfort zone. Um, don't stay in that bubble because that's when you're not going to grow or learn anything new. Um, and just go for every opportunity that's thrown your way because it can help you in some way significantly career-wise as a person, just take every opportunity that you get because it'll help you 
That is such good advice for everyone, not just young people. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You stop taking opportunities after a while. Or you don't see them. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an incredibly uninteresting way to live. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Haley, thank you for joining the Cooler in today. It's been wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It was great being here. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.